Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the afternoon. Uh, the games are over. It's Christmas break, everybody. Congratulations, we made it. We'll see if there's a season after this. I assume there will be. Uh, things are not nearly as grim as they were, what, 18 months ago, whatever the fuck it was. Time isn't real anymore. Uh, when did but this begin again? I don't know. Is it? Jesus so it Christ. started. I know we had our Festivus party. 2019, 2019. we did Festivus, right? No, it, it started. In, it started in March of 2020. March 2020. That was when everything. It shut was three eleven day 2020. Yeah, because we couldn't have Festivus 2020, and we can't have Festivus 2021. So it started right after our last Festivus in 2019. So Bill's like, favorite holiday. If you feel like uh, Groundhog Day, you are not alone. Uh, we are yeah. we are right back in this situation, but it appears as if the season will continue on. Although Olympic participation will not, we have all sorts of things to get to today. So let's just dive right into it. Let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Oh, no. I was hoping I wouldn't be first. Cause I was I was trying to decide which one of you was least ready, and then go. <laughs> it and was you me. weren't looking, so I went with you. I I did this to myself. That's some real like substitute teacher energy from you. It really today. is substitute teacher energy. <laughs> See, I always did the exact opposite in high school. If I was not prepared, I would purposely like sit very close to the teacher and just make it seem like I was like really really excited to participate. Hit and on would, her, and I would never yeah, get make called her feel on. Feel good. It was reverse yeah. psychology in its entirety. I I had a public speaking class, and like basically because we we had a pretty big class, um, you uh. You know, we all had to prepare speeches or whatever the the task was, but we the teacher would actually on, only end up maybe having half the class do it, and the other class the other half of the class had prepared but didn't actually have to present. Well, I think we had like twelve assignments during the course of that year, and I think I did three of them, okay, and the rest guy. of them I just basically bluffed my way out of ever having to do. Kids, if you're listening, that's how you become a successful journalist. Yeah, you just pretend you know what you're doing. And people exactly. will assume you know what you're doing. It's actually to really be good honest, advice. I was gonna say that's like actually literally the best advice you could give someone that's like 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. Just pretend just, that you know all what you're that doing. Being an adult, it is. really is. You're just, just show pretending. Up, <laughs> just show up in a recording studio one day and start talking, and then maybe eventually someone will start giving you money to do it. There you go. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what do you got for us today, Kelly? Oh, I mean, I guess I'll say that I'm, I was super bummed that the game was canceled yesterday because I whined about tickets on Twitter and someone was nice enough to DM me and be like, hey, do you want my tickets? I'm not going to use them. And I was like, wee! And then they were club box seats and I was like, oh, baby! And then the game got canceled. Ah. 
What are you going to do? No Provorov nesting dolls for Kelly. No nesting dolls. No no stolen second nesting doll for Steph Driver. Thank you, because I'm so upset. I was, like, I was going to Venmo you, like, 40 bucks and be like, please just bribe someone out of their Provorov nesting dolls. <laughs> okay, Kelly, even though I definitely have empathy for your missing of the game, you know who Uh-oh. I honestly feel worse for? Who's that? Gerald Mayhew. Oh, sucks poor Jerry. That guy. Really sucks for that. Jerry. At least like he's Gerald gotten to Mayhew. be like it would be worse if he had never been in the NHL before. This was like his big debut, and then he comes up, skates in pregame warm up, and then it's like, sorry, game isn't happening. Like at least he has played in the NHL before, but still, must have sucked. You're like, hey, I'm gonna get to play an NHL game today. Nope, NHL no, is not, not actually <sighs> happening. Not today, JK. Jerry. Did he get NHL salary for the day though? That's a really good question. I, I hope he did. I don't know. I hope he did. See, the reason why he may Get that money. the reason why he may not have is because he actually did play in the Phantoms game last night. Mm. Oh, however, fascinating. they may have had to call him up officially the night before for him to be eligible to practice with the team on Tuesday morning, which means he may have gotten the day of salary. A nice little Christmas bump. Yeah, yeah, you get especially if you're on a one way deal, which I assume he is since he's a kind of an AHL vet. Then yeah, it's a nice you know, couple extra grand at the very least. Yeah. Good. Good for him. Hey, uh, From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Got anything else for us, Charlie? Yeah, yeah. I've been talking a lot, haven't I? Um, so one thing that uh and I, we don't you know, we're obviously gonna get into the details of the uh Olympics uh situation with the NHL players not going, but the one thing that just continues to stick in my head with this announcement, and I don't know if he would have made the team anyway, probably would have been on the bubble. But it just reminds me of how unfair it was that Chris Kunitz got to go to the Olympics in place of Claude Drew in 2014. Because now, Claude Drew will almost certainly never get to go to the Olympics because Canada just had to bring Sidney Crosby's buddy, who was probably like a decent second line winger and certainly not one of, you know, the 12 best Canadian forwards in hockey at the time. Because he was Sidney Crosby's buddy. And Claude Giroux was an MVP finalist like a couple months later because he was very clearly significantly better at hockey than Chris Kunitz. And Chris Kunitz got a gold medal and Claude Giroux doesn't have one. And that's that just strikes me as extremely unfair. And now, Yeah, and like... Yeah, um, it just sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Like, I think Steven Stamkos has never played for the uh, Canadian Olympics. So he has a gold medal, but he never got to play because he, right? was, he was named to the team and then got he was, hurt, so he couldn't He go. got hurt. In the, like, in-between time. That's yeah. when he broke his leg, and it was yeah. like, oh, shit, okay. As he yeah. does. That's, like, really, like, his thing. <laughs> that's his thing. <laughs> that is his thing. Just get hurt that's, just that's in time Steven to not Stamp get to play in the big show every single time. <laughs> Poor Steven. Poor Steven I mean, he's that's very he's friend. very wealthy, so, and extremely oh, yeah, good at what he does. So he'll, he'll be, be okay. But He's got a couple of cups to make up for it. Yeah. Nice yeah. face. He's, he's fine. Last, but he's certainly fine. not least, Steph Delicious D, Steph Driver. Oh my god, I've got so much to talk about, so... I'll just like, fill the time. Yeah, pretty much. I'll go um, get some meat. No, you're not allowed to leave. You've got to listen to me. So, first things first, I have the most incredible staff that has ever existed. Uh, and it starts right here with these three. Me Charlie isn't officially one of my staff, but Charlie's one of my staff. I can bully him around. Sort of. Um, <laughs> sort of. Only when it comes to the podcast, really. And also real life. Um, 
starting with these three, add Kurt, add Maddie, add Eamon, add Steve, add everybody else at Broad Street Hockey. I could not do life without all of them right now. So I know that I've been absent from the podcast like a lot lately. Um, And for those that don't know, uh, my sister-in-law who just had twins seven months ago had a uh, catastrophic traumatic brain injury involving a hike in the woods and a tree falling from the heavens and deciding that her brain was a cool place to land. Um, has and has been in the hospital for three months, over three months. Um, multiple brain surgeries. It's it's messy. It's sad. It's scary. Um, and I, I literally would not be able to do what I'm doing for my brother and his family without this group of people here. And I, I just. I'm really present to that every day, but especially as hockey starts to wind down and the year starts to wind down and, you know, you just have a little bit of time to reflect. And I am going to toot my own horn because I'm really fucking smart for surrounding myself with the best people in the business. So that's my thank you to all of you. And a you're welcome to the listeners because <laughs> this these people are absolutely incredible. Um, and that being said, I'm so pissed off that we had to cancel Festivus. It's not canceled; it's postponed. Uh, so we <laughs> will do a Festivus party, even if it's like in April. Maybe we'll have a 4:20 party and call it Festivus. Like we'll we'll do something. It just can't be right now. Um, and I had decided to postpone maybe eight hours before the Flyers decided that, or the NHL rather, decided to postpone the Flyers-Penguins game. So we were all kind of thinking along the same wavelength. I just can't be responsible for anybody, any single person being sick, even if it's just a cough. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to. I just can't be responsible, so. Well, I mean, listen. Says the one person who's married in this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) We all know that Ava's the responsible (laughs) one. Fair. (laughs) She won't even let him put his own name on the slack. Who do you think's running things around here? (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah, so we will have a Festivus party in some manner at some point. It just won't be tomorrow, today. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Um, but we're doing a virtual airing of your grievances. Go ahead and, and check out broadstreethockey.com for the schedule of when you can log in to my Zoom. Um, and it will be a one-by-one thing. So I'll let you into the room from the waiting room. You air your grievance and then you log out and we wait for the next person. Um, it is going to ask you to register your email address. And that is to save me from seeing many phalluses because that was my entire day yesterday and that's it happy holidays merry christmas happy new year whole thing so uh i've been watching the matrix movies for the first time no uh (laughs) now that's a there's a transition (laughs) (laughs) phalluses to the matrix um so I, I told just, you I had a lot to say, and none of you were prepared. 
just real quick about the Flyers. Um, is this... They're 4-0-1 in their last five. Can you think of a time where they had 9 out of 10 points and you felt worse about them? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure. I was going to sure say, I, I'm times. fairly sure that in the last five years I can find a spot where I felt worse <laughs> about the team winning games. It's been a nightmare continually there was hold on there was a 10 game winning streak at some point under dave haxtall and i remember being like no this is bad this is bad for the team they cannot do this you know but i don't remember what year it was that that actually is something that i was thinking about um kind of going back to uh right before they they fired vino um because there you know the the similarities between vino's 10 game losing streak and haxtall's 10 game losing streak i mean the Hackstall one maybe wasn't as bad because, as Bill's pointed out, they were actually picking up some some loser points in that one, whereas this one was just kind of they were just getting torched on a nightly basis. But one thing that's interesting to me about that is that, like, I there was definitely skepticism about Dave Hackstall before that 10-game losing streak, but I believe that was the moment when at least the online portion of the fan base just totally was out on him. And the thing was, is that after that 10-game losing streak, I don't think there was anything that he could have done, aside from maybe winning a Stanley Cup, that would have gotten people back to thinking that he was a decent head coach. And it's it's fascinating to me that the Flyers then proceeded to kind of keep him around for another year, despite the fact that the entire fan base had just, like, turned on him. Whereas the Vigneault thing, like, I just remember thinking that even if the Flyers, when they when they got to the point where they were they had, like, seven games, eight games, nine games, I was like, even if they Vigneault turns us around and the Flyers even, because if you remember that 10-game losing streak year with Hackstall, they made the playoffs. They turned it around. Even if the Flyers would have turned around under Vigneault, like, there would have been probably like 80% of the people on social media that are Flyers fans would have been screaming to fire Vino after every single loss. Like there's a breaking point, I think, with fans when it comes to coaches. And I'm quite glad, like I'm not glad, you know, never glad that someone got fired, but I'm glad that I don't have to deal with like another year and a half of after every game it being fire Vino the way it became with fire Haxtell. Oh yeah, like uh, we. I just think there's a point, there's a mental point with fans where it's like once you once a coach has passed like the point of no return, there ain't no coming back. And like Hackstall, like you say, there's nothing he could have done. I mean, maybe like to fully dig himself out of the hole, no. But like, remember, never forget Hack's last stand, Latera over Lindblom. Like, never I, I forget. Guess, I guess on I'm, the more, last I'm more talking day. about, like, the psyche of fans. Oh, yeah. Because the, thing, like, the thing is, is like, he just never are, did anything to help himself. Like, coaches are never going to be perfect. Even when you like them, they're not no, perfect. all coaches are bad. It's just that the little things they do that you sort of disagree with, when, when they have your goodwill, it's like, ah, that's not that big of a deal. Like, there were line combinations that the Flyers are throwing out near the end of, you know, when it got to like six, seven, eight, nine, nine straight losses. And I looked at them, I'm like, I mean, they're fine. Like, there's nothing like 
especially egregious about those line combinations and i tweet them and i get like 10 responses with this is the dumbest shit ever why would you do this it's like well i mean they're not that bad but you just want him fired so every decision he makes is going to be the dumbest thing in the world you know why Uh because he can't trade the guy like no matter what it's gonna be the same 12 fucking guys just in a different order like you're not gonna like it because we don't like these players anymore so get over it uh but yeah no it's it it had to happen um with this covid pause now like the league is uh they're not coming back i guess the schedule doesn't resume till the 27th uh was it boxing day you go get tested and then the next day games start again i think um the league had to do it it seems like everyone was like the whole league was sick i mean was this uh, inevitable it just seemed like the easiest way to just try to get a full stop on the COVID outbreaks without having to do like a big dramatic long shutdown because it wasn't really, I mean, for each individual team, not really many games that they're missing as a result. No, I mean, Christmas break was coming up anyway. Right. The Flyers end up, two games end up getting postponed. Only one of them is part of the league-wide stop. Of course, like, only one game got played on Tuesday out of, like, four or five that were scheduled. Yeah. But uh, two Flyers games in this little time uh, get are going to end up being rescheduled. And I saw in the, um, I saw in uh, Donald Fair's statement, the NHL uh, PA rep, um, that they're saying they're going to use the Olympic break. Like, we're not going to the Olympics. It sucks, but it is what it is. They're going to use the Olympic break for these makeup dates. Um, anyone know how? I mean, they're probably just going to try to, like, fit games in haphazardly whenever, like, the specific arenas are not being used for concerts and stuff. If yeah. concerts and stuff are even happening in February. Um, Fair point. That said, from a personal standpoint, I don't really give a shit because I already took time off in February and I ain't giving <laughs> that up. So, sorry, there's going to be a week and a half in February where even if the Flyers play... I ain't covering games, so sorry. Hell yeah, sorry, I love that not for you. sorry. Yeah, I like too. I just look love you, that. Dave Scott. Just kidding. Between uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Steph. Now you're now you're a real beat reporter. Um, <laughs> like I hold on, hold on. Can I can I go on a rant here because like okay, Comcast owns the team, but it's not Comcast true? the cable company it's comcast spectacor like that's a different company it's from a different comcast division cable. it's they're pretty no much it's a different company yeah. it's a different company i mean they're all they're owned like, by the same overarching entity but like if yeah. you but know, it is a separate company. if you know anything like, about the way corporate things are structured it's not like one hand knows what the other's doing it's all shit so show. comcast owns nbc but they're completely different. That's how Spectacor is. It's completely different. But, alas, it's still got the name Comcast. So I understand that people are real mad about their cable bill, about their <laughs> Wi-Fi, about their flyers. Like, this is, this is the trifecta. Like If they don't want people complaining mad. about it, take down the Welcome to Comcast country sign in the arena. All right? You want, you want me to stop? You want me to stop complaining about it? Take that down. I agree. No, the the welcome to Comcast country sign needs to go. It might not and even be. Up I was anymore. actually I, looking I, at this the other night. Bill doesn't I actually think care. That, what was that? No, it's just like Bill's just stirring shit up. He doesn't actually give a shit about the Comcast country sign. 
I mean, that's Bill's entire stack. I know. So, yeah. I'm just pointing out. I don't care about um, a whole lot. <laughs> I think that 50% of the ads that they have on their boards are for their own products, which, one, fills up space, but two, does not make you money. Um, so that's the other thing. Like, maybe don't do that anymore. Um, but the people that say that it's owned by a corporation and not a person, I just kind of need you to look around the league because I did this too. Um, I didn't say that, roar, it's owned by a corporation, not a person, but I needed to look at who owns all of the other teams who own the in the league. Who own the sheep? Oh, oh, <laughs> owns. Owns. Go ahead, Steph. What oh, are you man. doing? What is that it's, from? It's a slap shot reference. Oh. Sorry. I, you I've seen me. that. Oh, you have seen that. Okay. No, I've seen that. Cool. Uh, anyway. A lot of teams. I just like spit into my microphone. I hope that comes through on the recording. COVID. Um, a lot of teams are owned by companies. That's it. Most. A lot of teams are owned by companies. Dave Scott is the president of, oh God, what is his actual title? CEO of Spectacore? Overlord. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, chairman and CEO, I believe is his official title. Right. So he hires Chuck Fletcher as general manager and team president to manage the fucking team. This, if, if you're having rage at Dave Scott, like it really should be rage at Chuck Fletcher, but Chuck Fletcher really hasn't fucked up or done anything. Well, he, uh, there was like, I mean, he clearly hasn't built a very good team. There was like an 18 month period where he brought in three players. Their names were Nate Thompson, Derek Grant, and Eric Gustafson. So like we can be a little upset. Oh, he had, he had a tremendous off season. Uh, and then said once again, "Well, I'm done." And uh, here we are with the Jerry Mayhew fucking. Getting I mean, ready the, to the play. one thing, the one thing that I do find funny, and this actually is one of the. I, I want. I will get back to the the Comcast thing, but I want to make this point about Fletcher that I was thinking about over the last couple of days is that, and this maybe should be scary from a just overall talent on hand standpoint, but like, so the Flyers obviously so far this year have not lived up to, you know, the hopes and expectations of fans. They're not playing well. Their underlying numbers are still trash. You know, they're they're in the I believe they're still in the bottom third of the league, if if not like just barely out of the bottom third of the league in terms of, of record and points percentage and whatnot. But you go back and look at the things that Chuck Fletcher did in the offseason. And really, most of them haven't worked out bad. Like, okay, the Ellis trade hasn't helped because Ellis has been hurt, but it's not like Nolan Patrick or Phil Myers has done anything for either Yeah, of Nolan teams. Patrick's anyway. played four games. He's getting yeah. scratched every night with and an Phil Myers injury. Gets scratched. So and like Phil Myers stinks. Yeah. So that was like Ah, uh, Nolan Patrick's on LTIR. He's not getting scratched, but No, Phil Myers is getting person. scratched. Yes. Magic's hurt. Myers is getting scratched. So that trade, it's just kind of like whatever. It's a nothing for nothing, at least so far. Derek Broussard has been good. That's been a good signing. Mm-hmm. Rest is line and like he's been about as good as I could have reasonably hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. Like that that has could have played out a lot worse than it has so far. I still don't love the move, but like, hey, they got a serviceable number four. That's what he's been. And sure, I mean they overpaid for him, but like he's been a useful player. So fine, that one hasn't worked out. Like really, the only moves that he's made that have not worked out 
the move moves from this offseason were Heath Yandel and Nate Thompson. Those moves, yeah, objectively Yandel's speaking, been, uh... have not worked. But on the whole, I think you look at Chuck Fletcher's offseason in terms of how things have played out, and you probably give it like a, okay, that was a decent offseason. You know, some misses, some hits, wasn't a disaster. So he had a decent offseason, the team is still bad. Like, that speaks more to, like, the quality of the team aside from the guys that were at it. Mm-hmm. That's the big concern because it's not like – it would be one thing if Fletcher just had an objectively awful offseason. Like, he just blew it. Like, oh, he added six guys. They all stink. So that's why a team's bad. Like, no. Most of the guys he's added have been pretty decent or at least haven't, like, hurt in terms of what they gave up to get him. And yet the team is still bad because a lot of the guys who returned – might not be as good as we thought they were. So that was no, the point I wanted to make off. Uh, like absolutely, like uh, talent on hand. Like, listen, if if Travis Konechny stinks, like the offense isn't going to be any good because like they have a substantial like investment financially and just in terms of the way the team is built in Travis Konechny. So yeah. if he doesn't score, like uh, offense probably ain't that good. Like yeah, that's I just mean, kind like, of the, the way the team is built. The critique for me with Fletcher, you know, if you're going to make a, a like a salient critique for, of Fletcher's offseason that he had this past offseason, to me, it's less the moves he made and more probably the moves he didn't make because it's like, well, shit, if some of these guys just aren't as good as we thought they were, then maybe you should have cashed out on them sooner. Like that to me is the more because because the moves he made, I don't think like considering how disappointing the flyers have been you would think his offseason move by move would look worse in retrospect but i don't think it does which is scary on a different level if that makes sense i will tell you i really wish uh keith yandel was not here and shane goss was yeah yeah i, mean, I understand ghost ghost wasn't gotten rid of because no. of yandel yandel kind of fell no. on their laps but now we're i seeing just sort mean of why he fell on their laps I just mean, like, in that role. But, like, again, I fully, at the time, understood the idea of, like, we need a culture change. There are certain personalities in the locker room who, not not even saying they're, like, a cancer or anything, but they might just be best served getting a fresh start elsewhere. they just probably don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Like, it's probably just best for everyone if it doesn't work, you know, if we don't continue on this path. But, like, goddamn. Would really like Shane Goss's pair here still. Uh, but go, going going back to the point Steph was making about Comcast, I, I do think that there's there has to be an acknowledgement here of a couple of things. Like number one, we all miss Ed Snyder, and Dave Scott and Comcast is not going to be Ed Snyder. They can't be. They didn't make the team. You know, they didn't actually create the team. They aren't as invested in you know the city. They're just not going to be because you're not going to be Ed Snyder. But there's seemingly an implication that I see a lot on Twitter that's like the Flyers, you know, because the Flyers lost Ed Snyder, they're never going to win without Ed Snyder. And the truth is, is that like a lot of teams in a lot of different sports can succeed without an owner like Ed Snyder. In fact, if in truth... And, like, I say this as someone who loved Ed Snyder, and I say this as someone who hates this guy purely from a sports standpoint, although I don't think he's a particularly good dude otherwise. But, like, if you're looking at, like, a close comparison to the way Ed Snyder did business and ran his team, probably the closest is Jerry Jones. Yeah. And, like, 
if you're saying who's that, like, the reason his team doesn't win? Like, if you're saying that like the only way the Flyers can be good again is if they get another Ed Snyder, like maybe take a step back and realize that like lots of teams do well without an Ed Snyder. Also, the Flyers can succeed without Ed Snyder. They're not doing it now. Also, there and was that's forty fixed, years, but like it's there not was a, necessary. There was a forty-year period with Ed Snyder in which they did not win. Yeah, and also like several of the moves that really set the franchise back were initiated by Ed Snyder because yeah. he really wanted a goalie. Like I don't know, it's just like there's been like a weird like I don't know, like they've turned Ed Snyder into some kind of like Jesus figure. Like he didn't he never did anything wrong. Everything he did was good. Everything was great when he was the owner. It's it's just I feel it's just like a really easy way for people to explain away the fact that things are bad now and they were better before without that's exactly, digging that's exactly yeah, what that's without everyone... digging into any of the reasons why things were better before and also like the salary this, cap like yeah like this is ed's company if he didn't want he it this way thing. like if he didn't want it this way it wouldn't be this way he did it this, this is way. all his doing could this have is all his doing his family's team but he yeah. decided look no he could have left it. To, he could have left it to me. You know, that would have been nice. I just think the like it <laughs> is. It, I think it's it's a hundred percent true that like the Flyers are more corporate now, and and it's yeah. it's completely acceptable for fans to lament that they're not going to things aren't going to be the way they were before. That's fine. I respect that. I mean, I think season ticket holders have some legitimate gripes in terms of the perks they used to get versus the perks they get now, and. You know, there's 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 legitimately things to be frustrated about, but the idea that a corporate run team can't win hockey games and be very good at its sport is just faulty because corporate run teams are very good at their sports all the time. Because let me let you in on a little secret. They're incentivized to want the team to do well and to win and to go on long playoff runs and win championships because it makes them more money. That's my favorite one. The one where they're like, Comcast doesn't actually want the Flyers to make the playoffs because. Well, no, I think I think it's, I think the argument is that they want them to make the playoffs, but they don't care if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round every year because they get playoff revenue and they don't want the team to bottom out. But again, none of this is actually thought through as logical conclusion, which no. is they make a hell of a lot more money if the team's going in four playoff rounds and winning championships and then they're yeah. selling merch up the wazoo. All so the like merch. really the incentive the incentive here is to get the team to be really good. And the idea of a team being stuck in mediocrity where the only hope is they get to the playoffs and lose in five games like that's not making no, them like, all that much right money. now Maybe more than if they're really bad but still not all that much money like right now there are legitimately like only 50,000 flyers fans like if they were really good there would be two million like <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't fucking really compute for no. me that that would be their end game like we're gonna squeeze these 50,000 people for all they're worth so we can have an outdoor game and sell it out once every four years <laughs> like that doesn't seem to make any sense but like all like yeah we can lament the corporate run idea but like man look around i i I know it's different even from like when we were younger but the whole world is run by hr departments now like this is just the way things are Uh, it's not as cool i agree like our kids will never know know the wild wild west internet but uh, the whole world's corporate now i'm sorry it sucks deal with it or go live in the woods like 
Well, like, let's look at some of team histories, right? Like, the Toronto Maple Leafs used to be owned by the Toronto Teachers Pension Fund. Pension Plan Puppets. Yeah. I never knew that until you guys explained it to me, why they were called, why the SB Nation was called that. Maybe all the like, Philly teachers yeah, and now they're should band together by... and buy the I players. can't believe a bunch of, of teachers. Mm-hmm. I can't believe a fucking bunch of teachers would allow the uh, grammatical abomination that is Maple Leafs. <laughs> 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 okay, that's good. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. And now they're owned by MLSE. Like, that's a corporation. The Rangers are owned by Madison Square Garden Inc. or whatever the fuck it is. Like, Even though they're getting booted out of the building. <laughs> Listen, fuck the Rangers. That's all I have to say about that. Um, like, there's a lot of teams that are owned by corporations. This is not ninety nine percent of them. I just ninety nine percent of them. I just think it's 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 possible. Although for a lot of people, it doesn't seem to be. But it's possible to lament the differences in terms of you know, kind of what's changed post Snyder. It's it's possible to to say that yeah you know I wish that there were more of those things and you know there was more of that feeling of connection between the owner and the fans that doesn't seem to exist to this degree anymore. You can do that, and you can also acknowledge that like that's not the reason why the Flyers aren't good right now. Yeah, it's and if not. the Flyers were good, no one would give a shit. It's yes, just exactly. something to complain about. Exactly. Well, like here's my thing. Just be mad. Like, you don't have to blame anyone or anything. Just be mad. No, and that's do. fine, too. People have to blame. That's sort of the way people no, are. Just like, be mad. It's okay to be mad. That's like, I'm, mad. I'm like that all the time. The I'm is, just mad. You're mad, at Chuck, like, you're mad at Chuck Fletcher. Like, and Comcast, Comcast has given the hockey side, like, an open checkbook. Yeah, they spend the limit every all year. all the money you want to spend. We don't give a fuck. Make a good hockey team. They haven't done that. Like, that's the problem. It's got nothing to do with, like, a suit in an office who is the one signing the checks. Like, that doesn't matter. The checks are there. And, like, to the like the people who complain about it being corporate-owned are the same people who are like, well, Jeffrey Lurie just has to control the Eagles, and he tells the coaches what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the same fucking people, like, guaranteed. What's going on over there, Steph? <laughs> I had to plug in my computer, so I'm sorry that you are all seeing my boobs right now. My apologies. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I mean, here's right. the th- Bill. Welcome. Here's here's the thing. Merry really, Christmas. what it, what it all boils down to is that when teams are bad, fans get angry. Yeah, and then fans look for reasons as to why the team is bad, and then they they kind of look at everything and just pick out reasons. So like if the Eagles are bad, it's because Jeffrey Lurie's a meddling owner. If the Flyers are bad, it's because Comcast isn't meddling enough. Like, <laughs> like is it consistent? No. We need Goldilocks to the find anger, the just right owner. The anger of fans is not consistent. It's just anger. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned to accept over this year is that rather than argue with people on Twitter about like the logical inconsistencies in their arguments because it's batshit insane and doesn't actually make any sense when you take a step back, rather than do that, just let people be irrationally angry. Like, fine, have fun. Be irrationally angry if that's what you want to be. Sometimes, though, I just feel like I need to be right on the Internet. It's a but, like, real personality flaw. Me. <laughs> righteously mad. This is why I only tweet about wrestling. I don't even 
You made a good choice. And if you if you <laughs> want to talk about wrestling. If, if you want to talk about a toxic fan base, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we're even. How do we even start on this? Yeah, let's I don't take a remember. Break. Let's take a break, and then we can figure out what the fuck we're going to talk about next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, commercial, and then we'll see. I don't know. All right, fam, we are back on this uh, rudderless ship here known as the Holiday BSH episode. Um, no Festivus. That's a bummer. And we're all just kind of airing our grievances here. Uh, you know, right now we're airing our grievances with people who are airing their grievances. So I think that's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I d- that didn't occur to me, but it's for some reason I really, I really like it. Uh, I just like... Inception. When when they come back on like the twenty seventh, and like we said, they're gonna try to get make updates in during that Olympic break. Kind of sees like they're seems like they're just gonna throw shit at the wall. Like, oh yeah, the Sixers ain't playing tonight, and uh, Lady Gaga's not in town. So Flyers game. Everyone get down there. We got six hours. Uh, like, <laughs> is that what it's gonna be? Where do you think? Do you believe they play eighty two games and the Stanley Cup gets awarded? Like the week after Memorial Day or whenever the fuck it normally gets awarded. Yes, I do think they will play eighty-two games. One hundred percent, yes. Because I think they. Yeah, I don't they think it's to. a both situation. I think they'll extend the season yeah. as they need to. I agree with that. I just think you have these new TV deals signed. Really, as we get into the summer, presumably, you know, things will die down a bit from a COVID standpoint because they just tend to. Um, I can't imagine they don't play eighty-two games. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Now, I could see them backing up the playoffs, to be sure, but I, I think they'll play all 82. There's just too yeah. much money involved. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I feel like I didn't yell about how mad I am about the Olympics situation earlier, so can I air that grievance right now? Go for Hell it. Yeah. We're just complaining. Like, I, I want the NHL players to be so safe. Like, I don't... This is not a complaint about the reason they're not going to Beijing. Like, I understand and I support it. Like, they should not go. This is a complaint. This is a grievance against Gary Bettman for holding them out of the Olympics four years ago. That's on the IOC as much as it is Bettman. I'm blaming Bettman. I mean, the, no, the IOC fucking sucks to you, so both of them. Yeah, yeah like, right. they're, they're you want to talk both. about awful fucking organizations. Like, they're no oh, good. Oh, God. Awful, yeah, corrupt really organizations. Yeah. They're so bad. Um, but, like, I'm so enraged that we are not going to be able to see NHL-caliber players in the Olympics for eight years. Now, we are going to have, I believe, and I haven't checked with the ice garden lately to see if there's an update, but I believe we will have professional women's hockey players over there. Um, but I don't know if I, I just haven't gotten an update this week about whether the, the leagues are okay sending women over there, but I think they're still planning to. More, yeah. As of right now, they what are. Is that? They're, they're still planning to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that'll be, yeah, fun. I was going to say because that, they're that, amateur. That, yeah. Like, their salaries, I think that it's their decision. I don't think that the, the leagues or the teams can say whether they can or can't go. I just don't think the leagues have the power. Nah. Yeah. Like, yeah. the way the NHL does. And, like, players. Yeah. if you want to, like, we can talk all we want about how the NHL, oh, if you want to grow the game, but, like, 
women's hockey absolutely benefits from being in the Olympics. Yeah. Like yes. Plus, there's, there's, yeah. there's tournaments rule. I mean, they're yeah, so those are, good. No, they're the good tournaments. Like they're U.S. So Canada good. is good every time. Like that's time. good shit. But like to the men's yeah. side, um, it like it's I'm a bummer. I'm just mad. I'm just like, mad. Yeah, and like we could have seen. I like yeah, cr- like Giroux never getting to go. Bummer. Stamkos never getting to go. Bummer. But like we could have seen Crosby, McKinnon, and McDavid together. Like we will. I, oh, that been in so in good. like a competitive setting, like an All Star game, will never be that. Like it'll always be some sort of bullshit ex- exhibition. This one could have been like the three best players maybe in the world together trying to fucking beat every other great player. Like that would have been really cool to watch. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that and then seeing what team USA would look like with, you know, Austin Matthews being like a legitimate superstar talent for the American side, which they, they, I mean, obviously they always have good players, but you know, they don't often have someone that's up at that level. So you would have Eichel, you would have Matthews. So like those games I think would have been incredible to watch. Like the U S actually has had legitimate hockey players over the past eight years. And they haven't been able to, perform and win gold for the usa and i think that's bullshit i'm just mad everyone have their bets in on russia because uh <laughs> hope you can well, still did find anyone, a good anyone price see that bobby ryan last night was like hey nhl players aren't going to the olympics but i can <laughs> good for bobby good for him that's that's actually no like it is a cool for all those other guys cool opportunity yeah. you're gonna go play in the olympics but like Guess what I'm not going to do? Watch any of it. I'll still watch it. And we, but oh, I will. We do still get uh, the World Juniors, which is yeah, fun as we heck. Do. Yeah, World Juniors. Where are they taking place? It's in Canada. Canada. They're always Elliot in Canada. The Destroyer, baby. Get well, I think it was him. originally it was originally supposed to be uh, in Europe, I believe, but because oh, the Canada like the the Canada one didn't make any money last year or whatever, mm. um, they were like, "Well, we'll <laughs> give you another," and now it looks like that's going to be at, like half crowds too. So. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times. Just a way for Canada to continue its monopoly over hockey. Like, this one was only half crowds. We need the next one, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we get to see Elliot, my new favorite Flyers prospect. Elliot the Destroyer. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the Flyers NHL team a little bit. Um, Do we have to? Just a little. We don't have to do anything. (laughs) Uh, Just... I, I want to talk about Sean Couturier a second. Uh, I've been saying on post games for weeks, like, obviously we don't want Coots to be hurt because, like, that would suck. But based on his level of play, I really fucking hope he's hurt. Otherwise, ooh, that contract is horrible. But Chuck Fletcher comes out the other day, says Sean Couturier's been dealing with shit all season. Um believable based on what we've seen out of him he's had a couple of hot streaks here and there but really just overall has not looked like uh you know 1c couturier um do you think this team has like any chance of moving forward in any way like all right couturier gets healthy alice gets like are we just kind of stuck in the situation we're in this year and at the end of the year they'll figure out who needs to stay who needs to go or 
I mean, does this thing, like I said, they're four zero and one in their last five. Yeah, it's funny we're having this conversation when they were four zero and one in the last five. Like I know it's not the most impressive four zero and one in their last five, but like yeah, they are four zero one in their last five. So maybe we should wait until they actually start losing again before it's back to like look at how fucking terrible things are. I mean, but they well, lost like they needed overtime to beat Ottawa. They lost to the Habs. Like they beat Arizona. Congratulations, Thomas. They're not at an Broad NHL Street team. Hockey. Wrote an article about how if they continue the points pace that they've gotten under Mike Yo, they will make the playoffs. So it can be done, folks. They just have to win, you know, four out of five of every game. No big deal. Yeah, that that's easy. Yeah, no big deal. And pick up a that. point in that fifth one. Yeah, exactly. NBD. <laughs> we know just that the 90... Philadelphia Flyers are really, really good at winning games when they need to. <laughs> unless, yeah, unless it's, you know, an elimination game of some sort. So, so going back a second to the Couturier discourse. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, I, I think it was pretty clear he was hurt. It's, it's obviously become even more abundantly clear over the last couple of weeks because he's, like, playing with a face shield um, and then missed a significant portion of that Arizona game with another issue. But it was it was good to hear Fletcher acknowledge that, like, yeah, Kateri's playing through some shit, and not just recently. It's been quite a while. That said, like, I do think that, and I pointed this out in my columns, I think that, the discourse surrounding Couturier's play is overblown in the sense that I, I don't think he's playing that bad. I don't think he's playing up to what he can. And he's obviously not scoring, which is mm-hmm. the big thing that is really sticking with people. It's just that he's not scoring. Like, I think he has like five points in his last 19 games, which like not good enough. You know, yeah, his new contract doesn't kick in until next year. So he's still getting paid, you know, $4.33 million to produce this. So like, that's fine in terms of cap. But like the expectation is he's the best player on the team. He should be playing like the best player on the team. But I do think too, that a lot of this, this is especially what I'm seeing on social media. A lot of the people who are the most, who have been the most critical of Sean Couturier's play over the last month or so, and are the people that are actually acting like he's playing legitimately poorly, are the same people who five years ago were screaming that Sean Couturier just sucks. And I get the sense that this is like, finally they can start shitting on Sean Couturier again after years of being proven wrong that no, he's not just a shitty 3C like they thought. So that's just my own personal bitterness um, that like we've allowed a lot of people who were extremely wrong on Sean Couturier to now be extremely wrong again on Sean Couturier because they can't wait to pile on him now that he's finally struggling a little bit. Um, So... If this is airing of grievances, that's a grievance. If you were wrong on Sean Couturier once before, maybe shut the fuck up and wait until he gets healthy and he'll probably play a lot better in the future. I, listen, that there's absolutely something to that, and I don't think he's been, like, the worst player on the ice. But this team, um, I wouldn't say they're built around Sean Couturier because they're not built around anything. They were built haphazardly with no plan in mind whatsoever. Uh, but the way they are constructed... Sean Couturier has to be awesome Sean Couturier. And that is the expectation he has built for himself. He has to be Selkie Couturier. And if he's not, they're going to suck. Well, they suck. Uh, and he's he's a part of it. Like he and it's not just the scoring. Scoring is is a big part of it, but I, I just don't see like every now and then you see one of those little Couturier plays, and it's like he did something a couple of games ago. It was just 
Real small, puck goes into the corner, he uses his body to box out, wins a battle, gets it back to the point, point shot for a scoring chance. And I was like, yes, little Sean Couturier shit like that, that if I'm noticing it, it's because he's not doing it all the time. And it's like, oh, there's something. Um, It's just, it's concerning. A guy who just signed an eight-year contract to playing at this level is concerning. Quick question. How old is Sean Couturier? 29. Yeah, he just turned 29 in December. Right, so he's this in is December. around the age. So this is around the age. Yes. Claude Giroux is what, 33? Yes. Third, turns 34 yeah, in January. This is around the age that people started turning on Giroux, too. It's actually a little bit early. Yeah, I think it was like 27, 28 is when Giroux had those down like years and we all yeah. lost our minds. Okay. Well, yeah, around the same around, age. Uh, around roughly, the same age. around the same time where people started to turn on Giroux. Couturier so took all... longer to reach his ceiling, so it takes another yeah. year or two for him, for people <laughs> so, to turn yeah. on. Shouldn't we all I just want you to pump the fucking brakes. That's it. Just pump the fucking brakes about Claude, uh, Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier. Let's just Giroux's say Giroux's fine. Both of them. Yeah. I mean, Giroux's like the only piece of this team that Giroux's is totally 34. fine. Giroux's 34. Giroux's 34 is the Let's best player Kelly on the fucking team. She's been trying to oh. say her point for like a half an hour, and yeah. we just keep talking. It's hard to tell because Kelly hides behind her mic so you can't even see her face. Sorry. In the Zoom. I don't know where else to put my microphone, Charlie. It has to be in front of my face. Anyway. I was just going to say, like, shouldn't we also consider that the team has no other center, so it's really not a hard choice for which, you know, which matchup the other coach is going to try to get when there's one good center on the team he's going to be mean, playing against? Yeah, to a point. But, like, if you're Sean Gutierrez, you're you're the one who That's should be thing. dictating. Fair. Yeah, you're the one who should be dictating fair, matchups. Fair, it shouldn't fair. matter that, like, team shouldn't matter that teams are using players to shut you down because you're the guy who is used to shut other teams' players down. Yeah. So I'm less concerned about... Like, like that would be something where... Like, for example, that would be something I would think met would matter for, like, a Danny Breer. You know, mm-hmm. okay, well, Danny Breer is the only center the Flyers have, and he's at his best when he's sheltered a little bit, and they can't shelter him because everyone else is hurt, so obviously his production is going to go down. Like, Sean Gutierrez, he's the guy who drives the matchup, so I'm going to expect him to produce regardless of whether teams are able to, you know, stack the best players against him because his thing is he plays against the best players and wins those matchups. Now, I'm not saying he's playing great. I'm just saying that, like, his underlying numbers are still fine. Not as great as they normally are, but they're still fine. And the top line, when he centers it, is still generally controlling play. They're not scoring. Katuri's obviously not at 100%, but I'm pretty confident that he'll get back there. I'm bored of this Flyers talk. What else do we have? Same. More I'm like, bores oh, me. great. More the Flyers. Gr- more grievances? <laughs> um, well, apparently Travis Konechny got married yesterday or like two days ago, just like in a flannel in a shirt. Flannel. Well, I don't know if he got married in the flannel shirt or if that was just like the day <laughs> one after of, picture. No, one of the youths confirmed that he got married in the flannel shirt. And I oh, trust really? them because they okay. like yeah. scour the internet. For they do scour social, every yeah. single I, social I media I can also confirm a post- wedding video with the just married and the the cans on the back of the car and he is in the flannel so did they just like go to a court and like get it done i think they're gonna do the big wedding when it's safe to do so i think they just got married like was she in a like a dress dress like a wedding dress no 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 well then he can wear a flannel it's fine my buddy no because my buddy got married on the beach we all wore khakis and white button-ups Great. Yeah. Well, I'm still mad that I didn't get a, a Matt's Ava wedding. Like I'm mad, but yeah. It's fine. God, we missed that. You're telling I, me. I, like, 
We were going to have a 300-person party at Citizens Bank Park. I was going to get married on the goddamn pitcher's mound. Do you know the speech that I would have given? I was going to get to drive the fucking thing with the fanatic and shoot a goddamn gun. Uh, The hot dog gun. Yeah, that would have been majestic. I'm what? I'm I'm mad. I, I but yes, yeah, so, I need someone, to go to one of the other one of the other wives. I think it was Mrs. Was it Mrs. JVR? It, I don't I don't <laughs> think so. It was one of one of them. Uh, said great bachelorette party next. So it seems like they just got buried. Yeah, and, they and just, they're going to do the whole big thing when it's safe. They basically just wanted to get it on paper and get it locked yeah. in, and then when you know they can actually have a fun wedding, they'll have the fun wedding. Bless. Yeah, that's sure. that's exactly what it seems like. And good for them. They're Canadian. They don't They've have to worry about They've got this adorable little baby. They've got two oh, yeah, very big and wonderful dogs. They've got a great day and a golden retriever. Like, you don't see that in hockey players. Indeed. <laughs> Love that for them. What else can we I'm talk about? I'm pro the flannel. I'm for that. Pro the flannel. Oh, yeah. I no, mean, we love that for him. I personally like that he is a literal Letterkenny character. Yeah. Like he's that's, Travis connecting. Yes, he least, is actually a Letterkenny character. Of all my TK grievances, that's, that's the not one, the one. That's the least of mine right now. That's that's like, in all honesty, like number one, I'd have to actually watch the show, which I probably will at some point. But I really like that is a feature story idea that I've sort of had percolating in my head for a couple years that I can't do like until like the locker room is open back off the dead forever is again. Mm. But I'm really curious if hockey if NHL players like the show Letter Kenny and if they like are as obsessed with it as hockey fans are and if like those are like inside jokes that are around like locker rooms. Like all the fucking like so, banter that they do in that show. It's because like a, I feel like they should. It's like a legitimate hit show in Canada. Like yeah, it's, that's the it's thing. not like a niche show yeah like it feels like something that like has probably turned into like like normal in nhl locker rooms that like they're quoting letter kenny and i want to know i mean they ought to it's very funny might be a little smart for that crowd mm-hmm. is not it? wrong <laughs> I, I, I mean there's, I, I, I don't watch the show so there are layers there are layers there are layers it, i mean yeah i don't know People are asking us questions on Twitter. Do you want to answer some of them? Yeah, oh, yeah. Some let's Twitter do questions. That. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Where can we start here? Do we want to do just hockey things or do we want to do no, all no. the things? No, no. Anything. All okay. the things. What yeah, I can't is... imagine anything I want to do less. <laughs> What's your traditional Christmas dinner with your fans? Do you guys have like a normal? I don't. Um. So we, my dad will usually do... I mean, we're very Australian, so like roasts. Mm. Um, that sounds good. It does. Whether it's like a, a crown roast of, of lamb or like prime ribs. Sometimes he'll do a chicken if it's just a couple of us. But um, yeah, roasts. That's what we do. Yeah. We, um, used, to ha- we used to have a tradition. Um, and it's still kind of a thing. But like obviously the last two years it hasn't been a thing. Um, well this past year and this year um but my my parents stopped going a few years earlier um we used to go to my uncle my aunt and uncle's house um have this big family get together on christmas eve and like they would cook this this great meal but the the tradition part of it was that um not the uncle not the aunt and uncle in the house but my my uncle's brother um was priest My, my family's catholic and um, he would come down every Christmas Eve and basically have like, like essentially a mass, but it was like 
not it was like kind of like it was fun because it was literally just like in their house in their living room and just like talking about shit and then you know we would do like all the you know actual religious things but it was more just like a family get together and it was always kind of neat um but that doesn't happen anymore because my parents stopped going and then the pandemic hit so now gatherings are not really much of a thing at the moment so that's things but that was sort of a tradition that we had for a while for years when i was a kid what do you do william uh my parents host christmas eve whole family big deal uh yeah roast of some sort prime rib or maybe filet uh mac and cheese uh big pot of gravy some of the man of got uh mm-hmm. we're not we're not the least bit italian um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's just a big big christmas eve gathering we're actually this year uh ava and i will be hosting christmas <gasps> day uh, we're doing Christmas Day at our house, but we're having a catered because we're not stupid. <laughs> so, oh, I love that fancy bitch. Yeah, so it's going to be a good time. Charlie, do you know who the band never... Mount Joy is? Does that mean something um, to you? You're the music guy. I, yeah, I, I know them. I'm, I'm That's not the like Nolan Patrick band. Yeah, didn't one of the He's players go to a? Uh, didn't one of the players go to their show like, one a of, couple weeks ago? Yeah, one of the questions was, can you guess what three Flyers players I saw at a Mountain Joy concert two weeks ago? I have no idea who they are, so I can't make any kind of educated I think, guess. Uh, I, my guess, I think I, I think I saw Farabee was there. I believe. Um, is it country music? No. Oh no, it's like hipster. It's no, think of Nolan Patrick's vibe, and that's the music. Misery. Carter Hart. Okay. I could so see Hart being. I guess Hart Hart is Western Canada. I would guess he's like a fucking hick. Yeah, there's like some. There, there's like some country-ish elements to them. <laughs> okay. Um but like I, I could Farabee, see. Yeah, Farabee, I believe, Hart. was like actually seen there. Who is my other guess? Um, Limblom, Shane Goss is fair. <laughs> Limblom would get like taken by someone like you're like oscar you should come with us okay <laughs> yeah what's your favorite um, bar I'm, in the I'm city forgetting who else is on the team well that's maybe cam let's say starting. cam maybe he would maybe do a fun thing cam, with the cam comes as, as the dad yeah yeah dad's going to, to watch off over the kids yeah what's your favorite bar in the city of philadelphia God, well, I still have a obviously bar. I have to say like you know bomb bomb barbecue grill uh got to give them the shout out but I've been really loving Monkey Club uh Monkey Club's a lot of fun place. and McGillan's of course McGillan's is just the best That's a classic Um I yeah I don't know I mean I used to love Eulogy but that's gone mm. Um Monks is fantastic for Monks beer but it's also like a like it's a, it's a certain type of bar. It's like, a vibe. There's no, yeah. there's no TVs. You have to be, you have, it's, it's cool and I love it. It's great to hang out with friends, but like, it's not a sports bar. You're not gonna be able to catch a game and have a beer there. Um, I mean, there's some great like local bars that I really like. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm at the point where I have like a favorite, favorite bar anymore. Like Lorraine and Fairmount is awesome, especially during the summer because it's got the outdoor section that rules. My the buddy only- old- Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the only bar that I would have ever called my favorite bar is the bar that we used to go to to watch games that doesn't exist anymore. Is that like officially closed? Yeah. Someone told me that that, yeah, that location of Rap Shack closed. The last time I really had a favorite, favorite bar, truthfully, was college. And that was Mm. City Tap House on 40th and Walnut, which I believe is still closed. 
um, post-pandemic, which sucks. The last time I had a favorite bar, I was living on 7th and Sansom, and the bar was on 8th and Sansom, and um, I can't remember the name of it, but I was there every day. The bartender's name was Marcus. <laughs> Um, and I can't remember the name of the bar. It also disappeared, but that was, I like lived there. Charlie, did you go to Marcus actually did live there. He lived upstairs. Did I go to where, Bill? Did you go to poor? I think it was poor house. It was like right in between Drexel and Penn. Uh, they had like 75. I went there. I went there a couple times. They had like 75 cent. You call it. Yeah, I, I went there a couple of times, but it wasn't a place that I knew regularly. And I guess there have been other bars since then. Like, I mean, obviously for Philly, Twitter, Adobe uh, in South Philly was oh, like the spot. Like I mean, yeah. that was a classic. Um, it's still around, but it's at a different location. Um, and things are, I guess, different now. Um, trying to think what else. Um, Green Room in Fairmont, I, I, I love. Um, that's a great place. Um, Every bar. The, the 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 oh last God, time Bill. I really felt like I had like a bar. <laughs> I love was City Tap House. Well, because the the cool thing about City Tap House for me in college was it opened like just as I turned twenty one, mm. and it and it opened um shit. It opened like I think in May of the summer between my my junior and senior year, and I was working on campus that summer. Um, I was doing like a combo work study and I was taking two classes. So the campus pretty much empties out um, during the summer, aside from like grad students and then the few people like me. So I didn't have cable in my apartment. So I would just go to City Tap House, which had just opened and watch every Phillies game and just like nurse like a beer or two and, and get some food or whatever. Uh, or sometimes not even get food because I wasn't making all that much money. Um, but because of that, like the bar was empty because they had just opened at a really bad time because there were barely any students there and i just became friends with all the bartenders because i was always there and then when school started again in september for senior year and like we're all 21 so it was perfect like i knew everyone at that place so like it was awesome because then like it becomes the spot and I like fucking ran shit because I'm like best friends with all the bartenders and it's just like yeah like yeah we can get a spot we can get whatever we want this rules Charlie running I around love... with big dick energy at the bar. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what, you, don't, you don't like drinkers in Old City? I love drinkers. Every time I, I go there, something ridiculous happens. The most hilariously bad Tinder date of my entire life <laughs> at drinkers in Old City. So maybe oh, it does shit. hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> I mean, th- this it's, Kelly, this is kind of on you for going to a first date at drinkers. I didn't know it was going to be there, old, Charlie. Someone told me that he was, no, was going to take me for the best tacos in the city. The, the best, best tacos, tacos in the city of in the Philadelphia. City. And we go to I will never forget the that. Rinker's Pub in Old City. This motherfucker started Jesus out Christ. on a high note. I once, <laughs> I once left there, walked outside to have a cigarette, and the streets started blowing up. I oh. once asked a bartender there to uh, uh, just make us a shot, whatever you want to make. And he made us something called a green pepper, and I threw up what I'm pretty sure was <laughs> cement that night. Uh, it was... Uh, it was. I always had a great time there. This conversation <laughs> cements my fundamental belief that your favorite bar is never about the actual bar. It's just no. about the stuff that happened in oh, that yeah, particular of course. place. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 
Which is why, as you get older, you don't really have favorite bars anymore because you don't go enough, hopefully, right. to like have that crazy shit happen. All right, there's one more good question. All Who right. is your least favorite member of Broad Street Hockey? Blog and radio. Oh, it's Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kurt. It's I love Kurt. He's listen to it. Mine is mine is Megan because she does this thing where like every time like we'll be talking about something in the Slack like on um, like the lockout or something and she will be like not participating at all in the conversation and then she'll pop up and say you want to know how old I was in two thousand and five and I'm like fuck off because you were like no six. that's I was gonna say Eamon <laughs> because when I did the show with him he told me he was listening to us the four of us when he was in fucking middle school outrageous and how dare they be so young no I, and i refuse to believe that that's a thing i also refuse to believe <laughs> there's any nerve. like any flyers fan under 30 like why what are you holding on to what are you holding on to you could have chosen anything you did yeah. this to yourself read a book like go find a better team there are so many <laughs> there's 32 of these fuckers now there's only if like you 25 like orange, I, I can point you to a team that also has orange. Like, we Ugh. can do this. I will. The Ducks and the Oilers with their orange just. No, they need to disgusting. not. Disgusting. It's, like, it's an obscenity. They both the have Ducks great are the ones. I didn't say the Ducks are the one that annoy team. me the most. Because at least the Oilers have always had a little bit of orange. Like, like it annoys me they're accentuating bit. it more. Yeah. But at least it's been like, the Ducks were the fucking mighty Ducks. There's no reason for them to be an orange fucking jersey. Orange Departing County, f- baby. Ew. Departing from the mighty Ducks theme was the biggest mistake that organization ever made. Yeah. The biggest mistake. Like, they both have cool jerseys. Like, the Oilers with the blue, with some orange... Yeah. And the Mighty Ducks with the goddamn Mighty Ducks 2 jerseys. Yeah, it's exactly. so simple. Be teal. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sorry. That's all done? I got for you. I think so. Did Bill answer? Answer what? Eamon. Eamon. Because he oh, dares right, to be right. a youth. Oh, yeah, the youth. Yeah. yeah. It's unacceptable. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are? It, it, it reminds in, in me. In line with my... Hold on. I feel real bad now because... Kurt is Kurt. the most lovely person. <laughs> yeah, we actually that's love That's Kurt. the joke, though. That is the joke. Well, like, that we all I hate would, Kurt. I would put my life on the line for Kurt. It is just the longest running joke, and I don't even know where it started. Yeah, I don't remember it's it before my time that Kurt sucks, so we just lean into it. I'm glad that when that question was asked that both Steph and I immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately. Like, it, there was no hesitation whatsoever. <sighs> that's commitment to a bit, folks. Oh, God. <laughs> like, we got it. Yes. All right. Nailed it. Well, we got we got more more questions. I mean, there are more questions, but some of them are like extremely esoteric and a little bit weird. No, give us fun There's questions. Like two right, more. Let me see. Let me see what we got. Uh, yeah, I hate being reminded I'm actually not 17. Like, you're right? I, it's the math outrageous. doesn't work out here if you were listening to me. You're in middle school. Um. Okay, you get to pick one player to be your secret Santa. Who's the player and what are they buying you? Ooh. Well, okay. G's got the most money. <laughs> <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Uh, yeah, I, I, G wouldn't be a bad one because even if, like, the, the thing you got going for you if you have G is, number one, they're very wealthy. Number two, even if he's a bad gift buyer, Ryan is probably a she, good I bet buyer. she oh, she's yeah. probably so, very good. So you have like you have a check on this where it's like if he is thinking he's gonna get something that's awful and she's gonna be like, Claude, no. No. Bad move. 
I want Cam Atkinson. I can't imagine I him like... in a store. <laughs> Didn't your friend see him in Target? No, that's, yes, <laughs> he, he was being drug around by it. Not, I don't want to, you know, paint her in a bad light. He was well, clearly like any other dude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he wouldn't be at Target. Well, they I, were getting home when decor I picture stuff. him. <laughs> when I picture him in a store, I picture him just like playing with his kids. Like I don't picture him actually shopping. I picture him running through like the aisles with the babies. No, like Ryan is doing the grocery shopping and he's keeping the kids occupied. Fucking yeah, the that's toy how aisle. I imagine it. <laughs> I feel like Cam Atkinson probably would give good gifts. He, he seems like pick. that. He, he seems, seems like, like that kind of person. So, yeah, it just he together. seems like the kind of person who would like really think about. It. He would get. I feel like he would get me like an extremely nice like cashmere sweater that costs like seven hundred dollars and is the softest thing I've ever touched in my life. Ooh, yeah, like that. He that feels he, like a cam yeah. thing. Um. My secret Santa is going to be, because I'm trying to think of like what I would want right now with my life just in, in shambles. And I don't know. Um, so I'm going to say Joel Farabee. He's getting you weed. <laughs> really? He's getting me weed. <laughs> Joel Farabee is going to smoke me up and we are going parody, to have the parody, best Christmas parody, ever. Parody, See, I'm just, parody. I'm just envisioning, I'm envisioning like a Joel Farabee gift to be like, he gets a rock. And then wraps it up and puts a bow on it and gives it to you. Paints That's, it. I can see that too. The bow is a like nice little touch. <laughs> I am I am gonna go with Cam because I just looked where looked up where everyone's from. Cam Atkinson is from Connecticut. So that means he can go to Treehouse Brewing and get me some beers. There you go. Oh nice. Ah, Solid okay. answer. Okay. I like it. My answer's probably really bad because it paints Joel Farabee in a bad light. I want to say that in no way do I believe he is actually a stoner. No, Every single joking. player on the team's a fucking stoner. They don't I test see, for see, the thing with Joel Farabee, for a reason. The thing with Joel Farabee is that, like, him. I think Joel Farabee wants to present himself like he's a stoner. <laughs> Whether he is yeah, or not, good. like, he, he likes the vibe. That was me in, like, high school, like, wearing like Rasta vibe, shit. So and, like... People being like, do you smoke? I was like, no. I just like to wear a Bob Marley shirt every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the perfect Christmas gift right now. So Joel Farabee, I live in Marietta, Georgia. If you need just like a little one day, two day break, like damn for the address. Couch. Yeah, I will. I will say this. And I mean, I, I, I honestly, if I was going to pick somebody, I think the answer is is either Atkinson or Giroux for the reasons discussed. Yeah, but I'm, but, but I'm going to throw those together. They have their shit together. <laughs> Atkins said, I think I get the sense he's someone who like would actually do some serious thinking about a gift. And as I said, the Drew thing, you got the two things going for you. If you're purely looking for like someone who will get you a great fucking gag gift, 100% keep Yandel. Oh, I know we're yeah. not happy with I know we're not happy with his quality of play, but his gift will probably have you on the floor fucking dying. That is See, very Kevin true. Hayes was on my list too because he seems both thoughtful and a fucking mess. <laughs> I feel yeah. like he couldn't like be it's bothered. Both. He, yeah. I feel like he couldn't be bothered. No, he would like be the one that like stops at Walgreens on the way to your on house the and way. is like, "Fuck, yeah. I gotta get something." But he buys you everything from Walgreens. <laughs> uh, that that could be true. Like one of each of the gift cards that they sell there for some reason, and then like one yeah. of those really terrible like baskets full of cheap toiletries that's wrapped up in a nice bow. That's what you would be getting. Yeah, you want snacks? Like you get no. <laughs> oh, I love the I love the old spice set. I always get that. Here's here's one here's one like year. 
one low key one. I could see Carter Hart being someone who like if you're if you're taking the guess of like who's gonna buy a gift way over the allotted price range, it's Carter Hart. Ooh. Like it's like Aww. all right, we're, we're we're only allowed to spend a hundred dollars, and goes like, oh, I just forgot, I got you like a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet soft boy. <laughs> I forgot I just got you this three thousand dollars Stratocaster. I was watching I was watching this commercial and everyone was real happy with these surprise cars they were getting. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what an angel. Do we have another I don't know. Good I one? feel like Martin Jones, a good wedding gift would, or a good wedding gift, a good Christmas oh, gift. Oh, see where your head's be, at. Would be a wedding to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone asked favorite Christmas song. I don't know if anyone's. All of them. Literally all of them. And the problem is, is that I'm not a religious person, but most of them are super religious. So I have to spend my time trying to be like, oh, God bless these merry gentlemen, but not really God because I don't believe in God. <laughs> it's just a weird thing. Yeah, I came to the realization last uh, last Christmas season that like all of my favorite Christmas songs growing up as a kid are all the songs that are in like the minor key. And then it was like it hit me like, holy shit, I was a sad emo kid even before I knew what emo yep. music was. <laughs> there are so many Christmas songs that are just depressing as hell. Yeah, and opinion. I love them all. Good for you. All my, <laughs> the, like, the Kelly Clarkson Christmas album from not this year, but like four years ago. That's one of my favorites. My favorites are all about dysfunction. Uh, mm. like Dropkick Murphys, The Seasons Upon Us, uh, The Pogues, Fairy Tale in New York. God, that's uh, But fucks. absolute favorite is Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Bruce Springsteen. Like nothing mm. better than that in the world. I mean, yeah. Mine's Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC, and I will not Fuck be yeah. shamed for it. In, in in all honesty, probably like the Christmas music that I have the most positive feelings toward, and this is solely from a nostalgia standpoint, although it's good music, is the um my mom used to play on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day um every year. Uh, the Nat King Cole Christmas album. Mm. So, like, all of those songs I love because I just identify that with, like, being a kid and opening presents That's on Christmas. That's very sweet. That's sweet. Yeah, I mean, my, my like, go-to, once I hear this song, it's officially Christmas, is Andy Williams' Happy Holidays. Like, that's it. That's, that's the song. What's your least favorite Christmas song? Oh my God! Blue Christmas, hate it, hate it, hate every single oh, cover. I hate it. You know what song I hate? I hate, and like I am not a like Beatles hater. <gasps> I fucking hate Happy Christmas War Is Over. I hate. Oh, it. see, mine is. Um, I think it's so bad. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That song isn't good either. Myself every time that I hear it, I want to die. <laughs> How about you, Bill? I don't think I have a least favorite. I like them all. Bill's a happy gentleman. I mean, the 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 go to for the most hated or least favorite Christmas song is is the mom shoes. Ah, uh, the Christmas shoes dying. is terrible. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, I feel like, like I never hear that song organically. I think, I think it's been canceled. I think that oh, the okay. truest has the be. the first true victim of cancel culture is that song. <laughs> and, rightfully so. and rightfully so, because listen, life is hard enough. We don't need that yeah. in our music too. No, no one wants to hear all that. All right. No. That's a wrap on questions, fam. All right. We're done. All right. It was a long show. It <laughs> works. Is this a wrap on the year, guys? I think it I is. Think so, well, we right? might record next week unless we're taking off. Who's to say? 
I got nothing to do. This is a wrap on the year. There's no let's let's <laughs> take next week off. We, right. There's not going to be any games. If we want to record, let us live, place. driver. Maybe we'll be bored and want to talk I mean, to if each you other. Want to record? Hey, they're supposed to play. There next might week. be yeah. another episode next week. There might not be. Hooray! And that. <laughs> is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. And on behalf of Charlie and Steph and Kelly and myself, I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and remind you that Christmas is not about presents and lights and stress and shit. It's about getting stoned and drunk with friends and family and the people that you love. Merry Christmas. Cheers. And have a great New Year, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!